Live from Carl Conrad Coriander's Old Books, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Hello. This is nice. We're just in a bookstore. Ah, this is this is my I, element right here. I guess here. we were in a bookstore once before with That's Nathan. That's true, with Nathan. But this is a much the, yeah. dustier. Yes, uh, doesn't seem like it's visited quite as often, which is kind of a shame, but it also kind of makes it all the more quaint. Yeah, it's just kind of dim and... Lot, you know, I love when you pull those books off the shelf, they just smell. Ah, yeah. You know, they smell older, like, I'm going to read this because no one has, and... It's been old, and it's it is old, and it's a bit forgotten, and yeah. might be some treasures inside. Yeah, there's some really could be really good stuff here. So after we get done um, well, podcasting, we'll have to um, just find a corner and just soak it in for a yeah, bit. Sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. Cool. So anyway, but but we're here now, and we need to get our podcast. Done. Okay. So we better be a little quiet, not disturb the owner over there. He's yeah in his office. Well, he wasn't too happy about us bringing all the mics and stuff, but you know, he's, yeah, thing, weird things happen. He's fairly accommodating. So I think. All right. So I guess we'll go ahead and start with story school. All right, everyone. Um, We've decided to tackle today what we're calling deep reading. Deep reading. (laughs) I knew we had to bring that in at some point. (laughs) I think think we need the uh, sound effect. Deep reading. So, so, (laughs) So deep reading is basically just saying, I guess you could say immersive reading. Reading where you're fully invested you're you're soaked in and you know the world kind of falls away and you're deeply invested in the characters oh okay and i i think what we want to talk about first is why why and then the struggles in trying to get deep reading so you're not talking just about really long books because i know that's something that you've advocated for before i have advocated for uh, long books i think in some ways long books may be easier to do deep reading for because they're complex okay or, I mean, they can be, and there, I'm sure there's dumb, long books, but... <laughs> it's just because a, a book or a, a story or whatever may yeah. be overly convoluted, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's deep, yeah. I guess. And, for instance, um, The Sound of the Fury is not very long, hmm. but it certainly requires you to fully invest yourself. Really focus in Really focus. That. And it, the whole idea would be the deep, you know, what we're term deep reading, and other there's scientific terms for it or whatever, is to... That state of reading where you're you're identifying with the characters, where you you might reread sentences so to get the full flavor. Mm. I guess let's define it by its opposite. Okay, skimming or yeah. or anything you read on the internet, where you know the, the <laughs> too long didn't read. Sure, idea where there's a lot of stuff on the internet where you, your eyes are going over the words, but you're really not ident- You're not living with the words. You're just picking up facts. Yeah. You know, your eyes going from one fact to the next. Right. Kind of the, the cliff notes mentality. The cliff notes mentality. Yeah. You know, there's, and I think it's a danger in some ways because there are so many books and you want to mm. be, you know, there's a temptation to be up on what's going on and, sure. you know, know what's going on. That sometimes you might go to a book and just, you just want to get through the book. You just want to uh, have read it. Mm-hmm. And deep reading is the opposite. Deep reading is to, you don't care if it takes a long time because you're enjoying it. You're, you're, you know, Maybe it takes you forever to get through a couple chapters. Sure. But that's okay yeah. in, in the deep reading mentality. 
Okay. I, I want to further clarify it a little bit. Yeah. So we're on the same page. This is, a, a, you may be able to tell, this is not a topic we talked about a whole lot no. beforehand. <laughs> Would you consider, like, say, binge watching or if, like, you know, the idea of I, I just can't stop reading, yeah. I have to see what's next? Would you clarify that as part of deep reading or is that something different? Not necessarily. I think it could be. But I think like like binge watching. Um, we you and I both heard Brian Shorshow, who used to do our cinema selections, mm-hmm. who's going to have a podcast soon. Apparently, oh, that's that's the rumor. That's, that's the rumor around. we're hearing. <laughs> um, he talked about how it's funny to him because he's a movie buff uh-huh. that people can watch six hours of binge watching Netflix, but they won't sit down for a three hour movie. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like obviously when you get to the end of a book, you have to keep reading. But I feel like it's a reading from concept. a reading from adrenaline. Is not the same as deep reading. It can coincide, mm, okay. but it's not necessarily. Again, this is my own definition at this point. Sure, but um, but they, you know, studies have shown, and I was re-looking at some of this, the stuff I had read that inspired this. That you know, people deep read. First of all, it engages a different part of the brain. You tend to be more empathetic if you do this a lot. It you mm. know it it it, affect, it it engages different mental capacities than just informational reading than just. I got to get the words through my brain. You know, when you, do you ever have like, sometimes you sit down to read. This happens to me a lot because my life's kind of crazy. I sit down to read. And at first I kind of know, I kinda, I'm like saying every word in my head. Uh-huh. And you're like, you're just, the words are still just words. And eventually the, wor- you, the words are still words, but there's also something else going on. I can see that where like, you're not even a conscious of the fact that you are reading necessarily yes. it's just kind of you talk about books taking you to a different place yes. or a different time or you know that sort of thing and that's uh, yeah i, I see what you're, what you're and, and i think that. that's really our definition where you get to the point in, the, in reading where it's you're reading but you're also doing something else simultaneously you're living in some way mm-hmm. now, i don't think i think that kind of reading can happen that i don't think that's necessarily just a deep reading kind of concept though because like mm, I don't want to slam on the Divergent series because I do like yeah. the series, but they are they're a little more blockbustery. I mean, they do have some some smart ideas and, and things like that, but I wouldn't you know put them on the same level as as say um, G.K. Chesterton. Well, I I think deep reading they actually mean not so much that the the subject matter itself is deep, but that you're immersed, that your your you know your brain is your senses are going deeper into the words. Now, okay. granted, the more literary something is, the easier it is to engage it more fully. You know, because there's books where everything's just very service level, and you're even if you're trying to be invested, you're basically just skimming because it's just yeah stuff happening. Okay, I do think though, and this is why I've been sure. I mean, it might be splitting hairs, yeah. but I I like to really hone in on what what we're talking yeah. about because I do think there is. I think most people, even if they're binge watching, some of them are very immersive into that's the true. experience. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I'm like, yeah. I again, I guess we can display it as we want. Let's let's assume for the for the sake of our discussion, it's largely you're not just that it's you're invested, but that it's making you work. Okay, in some sense. So you're you're consciously trying to mull over the concepts in it, not yeah. just the wow, this is happening yeah. like in this moment. Because Divergent series is very kind of in the moment, and you almost need to like kind of take a break from the book in some ways to really kind of think about okay, would I? How would I react yeah. to the situation? What am I learning from this, etc. Whereas, like, in say a book like *Man Alive*, yeah, which I I would say requires some deep reading. It's not yeah. a, it's not a super long book, but it was definitely a one where you're like, okay, what is he 
sometimes it is just confusing of what is he talking yeah. about. <laughs> but and other times it's like you have to engage with the philosophical ideas behind yeah, what, exactly. what's being talked about. Yeah. And I think the benefit why we're talking about this is because the, there's a lot of Okay, personal experience. Like right now, I've been reading a lot of Marvel comics. Got my digital subscription again, mm-hmm. um, which are a lot of fun. But they're it's also like popcorn. Yeah, that you just like you're happy you're there, and then it's over, and then you take it to get another one. But there's no nothing. Not that nothing sticks. You remember stuff, but it doesn't sure. it doesn't fall deep into your self. And then yeah. the other day, I was like, I really need. A, I, I felt like in the need of a big book again. That's how I do it. <laughs> um, you like and, big books and, and you cannot lie. I, exactly. So I think I, I think I had picked out a Solzhenitsyn. Because there is a different... For me, I can physically tell when I sit down and have a half an hour or hour to read something that engages me, mm. like at that level, that there's a there's a settling in my being. I, that sounds really hokey pokey. But... Um, <laughs> You're at peace. I'm at, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a... It slows the world down. It reorientates the complicated crazy world we live in and i think there's a lot of benefit to slowing down and not saying i need to know everything's but i'm gonna know this hmm. interesting in some ways that's an acquired taste arguably um you know you pointed out not everyone more people are willing to like binge watch you know their favorite tv show as opposed to watching a three-hour movie even though technically you know it would take the same amount of time, time yeah or longer I do think there's sort of a subconscious practical side to that where like, well, if I just watch an episode of a TV show, I can stop now and come yeah. back later. Whereas if I'm involved in this long thing, it's going to be harder to find a stopping place. At least psychologically, yeah. you think that even if you wind up watching more shows yeah. of the episodes of the TV show than and you I think the there's, a, I think there's a, a reward with the TV shows. You get rewards fast. I mean, there a lot of them, especially if they weren't if they were on TV originally. They're set up to have commercial breaks with these high points, so there's this constant payoff. Yeah, and you've got, they're basically mini-arcs in themselves, as yeah. opposed to one long arc. I mean, so, unless you have, like, two-parters or something. So but want, for the most part, you st- each episode it has its own little package of rising action, yeah. climax, falling action. As opposed to watching, you know, you go watch what's a good long three-hour movie. You know, Return of the King has three yeah. endings. Or, you know, or older stuff like, you know, Gone with the Wind. Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. You know, yeah. that... But there's a there's a I think there's a special significance you get from having lived through one thing for that long. You know, you can't tell the story of Gone with the Wind. It, it's a big, long, epic thing. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Re- it's been forever. See, I'm trying to pick a. You know, you know, some of the you got two and a half hour Nolan movies and stuff oh, that yeah. would be different than you know your hour and a half kind of pop culture sort of thing for the and, for the record you know i have four sisters yes. and they love gone with the wind and there's a lot of chick flick type movies that i will admit i enjoy gone with the wind is not one of them i've only seen it once and uh, I, I was i enjoyed having watched it yeah yeah but. well <laughs> if they had an interesting main protagonist that would be nice but <laughs> I, I never liked scarlet O'Hara one bit well, so i can understand that but anyway that's that's not so anyway i guess Right now, we're, we've been defining whatever. I think I, I would like to make the argument that, look, I like comic books. I, you know, I've been, you know, watching absurd amount of person of interest. <laughs> you know, yes. that, that there's nothing wrong with these sort of things. But I think mm-hmm. there is a different benefit from, especially in our fast-paced culture, to having yeah. this, you have an hour set aside to read something that takes a little bit of... A little bit more brain power. If not brain power, at least pulls you into something that's deeper than like just kind of um, back and forth gossipy sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess I guess that's my argument. And then, you know, and then we can always talk about what keeps us from doing that, really. Yeah. I can't say I have as many cases for books to, to talk about yeah. here. Aside from maybe, well, I was a little predisposed to like it anyway because it was Tolkien. Yeah. But Children of Huron is mm-hmm. not your your everyday <laughs> cup of tea. No. Well, actually, any Tolkien takes effort. Well, yeah. But, I mean, particularly Silmarillion yeah. age stuff. Um, that's It's very true. It's its own thing. You really have to kind of dig into that kind of language, that kind of mythos. I mean, it's still Middle Earth, but it's it's a different scale than yeah, Lord of the Rings. It is. is, but I mean, definitely a rewarding challenge going into that and really trying to engage in that sort of thing. So I would I would agree, even though I don't have the, the I haven't read Les Mis or or Dostoevsky. <laughs> it is just my my special brand of madness. But, <laughs> but yeah, like movies, I have not. Honestly, the problem with me, I would not see that many long movies if people didn't drag me to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. I know we've talked about this a little bit before. I think that there is the temptation to always go for the popcorn stuff, mm-hmm. for the, the lighter, easier stuff. Which we need. I mean, sometimes the life you just need And sometimes that. you yeah. absolutely need that. Yeah. And I don't know if, in some ways, I think the school system sort of, even though I was homeschooled, I still sort of faced this, that like it sort of teaches us a wrong idea, I think, of some of these deeper literature yeah. things where it becomes something that you have to do you as have opposed to, to and, you get to do. And you have a, you usually have to get done quickly. You mm-hmm. know, you, you, you have to read 50 chapters by next week or whatever. Yeah. And it, yeah, it kind of builds in a, Just get a lack done, of enjoyment sort of. Mm-hmm. Of, of it or, or even the time to enjoy it. Yeah. And sometimes you, you're forced to read books that you're really not ready to because, mm. you know, these deeper books tend to make you wrestle with times and places and ideas that are not modern. Yeah. And sometimes you have to read them when you're 12 or 13, and you're like, I don't know why I'm re- killing some guy yeah. with a conch shell, you know. Or, or in some cases, you're you don't have quite the maturity level. I feel in some ways to really engage with it, or to let the material really even stick. I mean, yeah. I remember certain like bits and pieces of, say, Uncle Tom's Cabin, or even the Scarlet Letter. But I know that there's like bigger themes that I just that just didn't stick yeah. with me because. Even though I really liked literature growing up, some of the stories, I, you know, you just have an attitude about it. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't care about this. And, not, and, and just because literature doesn't mean you're going to like it. Well, true. <laughs> true. No, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. But I do think it takes a certain amount of maturity to really be willing to engage with any kind of material yeah. at the... If it's a deeper material, to engage yeah. with it. It doesn't necessarily mean you'll like it, but... It helps if you can at least yeah. understand, appreciate it. Well, I always feel a little bad about movies, but every time someone has me sit down and watch them, like, two, three-hour movie, like, three-hour movie, I always say mm-hmm. two hours about my lens, but, like, a nice, good three-hour movie, like, wow, I really, you know, that was, got me, I'd never seen anything like that, and I remember, like, Metropolis. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like, after that, I'm like, wow, this is great. I mean, not everyone likes Metropolis. Like, sure. my wife can't stand it, but... Um, <laughs> but it was a new experience. It was a it new was experience. and ideas, and, yeah. Though it was long, there was just so much, it was all there on purpose. And yeah, and there's a lot of really good art like that in movies, but some you have to go best, and do it. Some of the best three hour movies don't feel like three hours exactly. or yeah. whatever. There's some that use the length to their advantage. I mentioned Ben Hur earlier, yeah. and I think the length of Ben Hur is an advantage in like you felt like. By the time you're done, you f- you really do feel like you've gone on a long journey. I mean, it is it is called a biblical epic yeah. for a reason. Well, and the journey, the whole idea of the journey, you can't do short. 
Yeah. I mean, you have to, mm-hmm. I mean, to do it right. Yeah. And I think a lot of historical dramas are often like this. They have so many moving pieces and so much time. You know, they usually have times and important element, things to pass. Yeah. So, you you know, you got... Important events. Important events. And then you, you start feeling like you're not just... It's not just, oh, this character, everyone is here just for the, for the sake of the ending. Mm-hmm. But these characters exist outside the story there's just a, a depth to it. Yeah, and it gives it a bigger sense of scale sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone complains about the length of, say, Les Mis, yeah. because there's so much that happens in it, and, and it feels like such a, a grand, not grand, but, you know, yeah. that there's a term, epic, in a fitting way for, you know, how it, I mean, it, it's sweeping. It's got a big sense of scale yeah. to it. Okay, so here's some, something I think, like, me personally keeps me from doing this more often, and I think it's uh-huh. very beneficial. Sure. Um, one is just we're busy. Yeah, <laughs> that's just primary one. Yep. And to carve out time sometimes to say, look, I'm going to take this book, and it might take me six months to get through, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just work at it. And I've done that now and then just because I'm weird. Um, <laughs> but I think it's been neat. Or like when I was reading, we talked about it on here, Sound and the Fury. Hmm. I, it's a hit a time of life where like Natasha was gone in the evenings a lot, and the kids would go to sleep early and could read for an hour or so. And I had nothing going on, apparently, oddly enough. Um, and I just remember sun going down, the room being darker, and me trying to make any sense of... The crazy writing. Of the crazy writing, but, like, yeah. really enjoying that. Mm. And, and I think different people are going to... Not everyone's going to enjoy that. Your deep reading might be something that someone else thinks is popcorn. I mean, yeah, I mean literally. Yeah, it, it can happen. So time's a big one. Mm-hmm. Two is the fact that some books just don't allow it very well. Explain. Like, you, you say Divergent. Oh, you okay. felt like it's a good book, mm-hmm. but you could you could spend a lot of time, you know, reading it slow and whatever. Reading it slow is not adding anything to it necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, it's it's so in the moment in a way, and there's there are definitely t- things to think about and chew on, but yeah. there's definitely also a lot of like I'm running and and I'm a prisoner and yeah. now I'm doing this and now I'm doing that and you know it's because it's all for yeah. And I'm just saying there's some books that don't lend themselves well to the deep reading. They might be good books and they might be long books, but they're not. Sure. You almost need deep writing before you get deep reading in some ways. Hmm. And and the and the problem is as writers, we're kind of design. The editing system is set up to try to make things as, to read as easily as possible, and it should flow, and they shouldn't ever ask questions. And hmm. but then sometimes does that? How do you balance being clear and stuff without without en- engaging? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Making making you think about about things. Yeah. I mean that, and that's always a tricky balance because sometimes sometimes the reader isn't. You have to make it make the reader want to yeah. engage with those ideas. If it's like, I think you're trying to be really artsy here, but yeah. I don't really care. I, you have to have it has to be engaging on some level for them to be willing yeah. to go deep with you like that. I guess I should also mention it doesn't have to be a long always. I was just thinking there are a number of short stories I've read that you read slow and you stop at the end and you're like, wow, and you think through and you look hmm. back. So I don't think it has to necessarily be a long thing. Sometimes it can be a very well-done short story, even. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, I read a Kafka with The Hunger Artist. Very interesting. Some Bradbury's you get done and just like, I could read that again, yeah. you know, right then. So I think it's more how many layers the writer can put in the words as opposed to how many words. 
Mm, interesting. Um, well, okay, let me put this to you since we're talking like about... Like, poultry could be deep breeding, I think. Is there a... Do you think there's deep breeding in uh, Wheel of Time series? I would say so. I mean... Okay. I mean, obviously, those are long books. Those are, and but... I think the deep breeding from... The long book deep breeding largely has because there's complexity mm-hmm. and lots of characters and that. But I think you can have deep breeding like poetry just because... All the words mean so much that if you would read it right, uh, you might read it really slow mm-hmm. and take, you know, Tolkien talks about when he says leaf and green, you know, they're supposed to mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not good at reading poetry. Poetry doesn't work for me as a deep reading because I just kind of read it and be like, okay, whatever, and move on. Sure. But some people, they're built that way and they can read, you know, a little poem mm-hmm. and they can read it super slow and get lots of stuff. You know, it's like... Only way I do that with poetry is when I have to write a five-paragraph essay for it. <laughs> sure. But that's why we do hijack in some ways. You tend to get... It forces you to, when you're watching, to pay more attention. That's a good point. Because you know, like, hey, we're going to talk about this, and we want to, like, be able to pick out little different things we see. And I suppose that's what commentators, yeah. you know, tend to look at things in such a deep way. You're like, no, it's just a movie. Well, because they're trained to want to find meaning in things. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a, a decent way of going about reading. Mm-hmm. The shift gears just a yeah, little go bit. For it. I, yeah, I've been dominating. <laughs> I think there is another medium though that's um, deep reading is actually fairly popular in, although may not have been necessarily recognized as f- that for, and that's in video games. Okay, yeah. Because you think about it, a lot of your very story-heavy games, you're spending hours into this yeah. into this world. You're, you're investing, yeah. You're either building up your character, you know, depending on what you're playing the game for. Some people really love building up their character and kind of making their own mark on this, you know, sandbox world. Yeah. Or you have the very story-heavy ones. Some games will have a mix of this, but then but usually there's some sort of scale between, I've noticed, of like open world to story-heavy. And sometimes it's just that I need to find out what happens next. But I've heard of some very interesting games that like really make you engage with the ideas of, of what's going on in the story. Yeah, I, and I think video games are reaching that level now. There, there's a section of that are really pushing that sort of literature as video game, or video game is literature. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it is literature because you're literally reading a lot well, that's true as you're going to it. So, but... Technically, like the Xeno games, every oh. every Xeno Xeno sagas, yeah. Xeno gears, yeah. whatever, I have a lot of depth of yeah philosophy, a lot of that. ideas. Some of the like, I, I guess the first Xeno saga game, there's like a 45 minute cutscene before you actually that, yeah. have any gameplay. And uh, some people would say it's more just convoluted than actually deep, but I, I can't say one or the other. Chrome cross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's but some people think that. it's really deep, and I just didn't. Yeah, but. <laughs> but I mean, there's a medium where like the entire point is to be really immersed yeah. in the in this world. You know, I would be interested from a scientific point of view whether deep video game literature engages those parts of the brain they say deep reading does. That's a good question. I imagine there's there's certain parts. I, yeah, I, I would just be curious scientifically because I know they've done studies on. Empathy and and uh, what what do they call that when you're you're kind of in the zone and time stops? They have, they have a special term for that. Yeah, I, I when time basically is, doesn't matter. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it might it might very well. I was just, I'm just curious. I remember one of my roommates playing Knights of the Old Republic. That's a pretty long game. You build up your Jedi character a long way, but I mean there was one of the challenges, and it's one of these things where you can wind up becoming good or bad, you know, yeah. light side, dark side. I mean, that is the Star Wars thing. Yeah, exactly, but there were certain times where you were basically playing 
you know, Jedi space cop. Yeah. And uh, yes. I remember, like, there was a situation with, like, sand people where it was, like, this early trot, you know, because this is, like, way, 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 way back before in Star Wars timeline, way before the prequels. There was this an actual intelligent conversation with the sand person. You know, you think sand yeah. people think sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess there was this intelligent conversation about trade deals with the the land of Tatooine that was huh. going on during that time. And and the way, you know, the roommate, Mike Jarvis, he was playing, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was playing it. And uh, he, he said that, like, it actually really made you think sometimes about, like, the, you know, there was a, they put up a, a tricky situation, dilemma. And here it is in the middle of this long quest to do, you know, I don't really know the main storyline of the game. Yeah. But, you know, again, that's an example of, like, really engaging the player, the audience, the reader into, okay, it's not just the character has to make a decision. I have to make this decision, and it could affect, you know, many other, okay, fictional people. But yeah. still, it, yeah. it, it will have a major impact on, on these people. And I think there are other games like that. I think the Mass Effect game series has some of that, yeah, some I've heard of that. that yeah. Some of that kind of stuff. We can wrap okay. it up okay. now, unless, unless we're missing something important. Uh, now that I can remember offhand, I guess... Why I, you know, I suggest this topic. I think it's just largely because, at least for myself, and if I do, I think other people will. There's the world's crazy. It has the sense that you need to know all things, and you know, you go to bookstores, you feel depressed because oh, I haven't read any of these things. Yeah, and I think it, it's hard to keep on everything. It's and just I think amazing. there's a there's a section of us as being humans that is engaged only by these deep experiences. These, you know, we have this ability to you know, to basically live all their lives. Mm. It makes us more human in many ways. I don't, you know, it's not something animals can do. Yeah. And that, you know, to set up times and be aware that, hey, this is something, you know, that is worth... Investing. Investing in. in. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're missing out on certain experiences if you only limit yourself to the easy, the quick kind of stories. Exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes the most challenging stories stick with you. You know, you might not... There's movies that I won't rewatch very often, but... sure. But I care more about them than the ones that I watch all the time in some ways. Mm. Or they've made a lot longer impression in how I think about things and how I look at things. And mm -hmm. there's definitely and there's definitely been certain you know, I talked about school, you know, not sometimes getting a bad taste for certain things yeah. because you were forced to do it. You know, there are certain movies I only watched because I was in film school that I think back to a lot just because, you know, they had some very thoughtful ideas in there, you know, yeah. just there's reason why, you know, movies like The Graduate still get yeah. taught, you know, or, and showed to students years years later because there's good stuff in there, even I, though it makes you think yeah. deeper than normal. I guess it's a plea in an internet-saturated culture where everything's at your fingertips and you just kind of summarize and go to Wikipedia to figure out what happened and all this other stuff to engage art as art. Yeah. Because sometimes we need reminder of that, oddly enough. <laughs> we do. Some of this kind of reminds me of our how to read a story discussion. Yeah. But, you know, some of these big ideas, we do need those reminders. All right. So that's uh, a very different topic than um, some of our last time. So, <laughs> than aliens, yes. Yeah, than aliens, yes. <laughs> but that's our story school. Okay. What's now, next? Uh, I guess we'll do a soundtrack. Of Xeno Gears. Ooh, nice. I decided to go with uh, a song from that for this because, like I said, it is kind of, it's got a lot of deep ideas and I think it is, I think it does have a lot of playtime in it. 
Yeah, it does. But one of the things I enjoy about this song is that it sounds almost nothing like a video game remix. <laughs> nice. Because it's in bluegrass. Oh, it's this bluegrass one. Yes. This is great. You, you probably know this. This is by Doc Nano and Chris Amatasaru. And it is called Ave Mountain Breakdown. And I don't know that I've ever heard of Bluegrass uh, OC Remix. Maybe there's some more on the, on the site. But this came out in July, and I've been listening to it recently, and it's good stuff. Awesome. Hope you enjoy. Awesome. That's a great song. Yes, it is, it is quite fun. All right, so then we'll just move on to our It Came From The Interwebs. Hey, I, didn't, I don't know if I ever got to do that. I think it might be your second time. Second time? Yeah. Okay. But still. I know you normally get to do that, so... <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're throwing ideas around, and I we, we've been talking about deep reading and investing in a scene and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do an interactive fiction here today. We talked. We had wait, a podcast about that. Wait, wait, are we making another story? 
We are not making another story. Oh, shoot. Okay. No, this one's already made for us. So, so no, are there puns in it? Not in this one. Oh. No, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. That's but okay. Okay, and so it, if you have not listened to our podcast on interactive fiction... I think it's called Come Play a Story with Us. Well, we talk a lot about, like, not just interactive fiction, but video games. But anyways, this is um, interactive fiction. Normally, they it's like a choose-your-own-adventure, but you can type things. But this one's special. Here's what it says. It's called Aisle, as in, like, a grocery aisle. So it's basically just a text-based game. Text-based game. So here's his intro. Okay. You're about to read a story, or rather, part of a story. You will be asked to define the story by controlling the one instant in the life of the man whose story it is. Your intervention will begin and end the story. But be warned, there are many stories, and not all the stories are about the same man. Okay. So this is, this is, in, is an interesting experiment because it's one scene, and then you do one action, and then you get one result. And then you play the scene again, and you do one action and get a, another result. And it kind of creates this mosaic of what could happen in this moment. Okay. So we'll try. It's kind of serious, but we'll, we'll see how this works. But it's not always the same scene, or it is Not necessarily. Well, let's just, let's just do it. It'll be easier than explaining. Okay. okay. Click a button. So here is the setup, and this is going to be the same setup every time. Okay. So late Thursday night, you've had a hard day, and the last thing you need is this, shopping. Luckily, the place is pretty empty and you're progressing rapidly. On to the next aisle. Interesting. Fresh. How do you say that? Ganache? I don't even know what that is. Okay, some sort of Italian thing. You haven't had any of that since Rome. Is that a kind of cheese? Maybe. Ganache? I don't know. Okay. The aisle stretches to the north and back to the south. The shelves on either side of you block your view of the rest of the supermarket with only the brightly colored aisle markers visible. You have stopped your trolley next to the pasta section, bright plastic bags full of pale skin tone shapes. There's a brunette woman a few meters ahead, filling her trolley with sauces. So this is your moment, okay? Okay. You have one thing you can do. And in linear fiction, you can look at things, like examine anything. You can go places north, south. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, pick up things. You can attack things. You can kiss things. You can pray. You can sing and do okay. all kinds of stuff. So what one thing do you want to do, Tim? Um... So can I just try something? Just, just try something, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see. Rob the store. Nope. I did not know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's try... Uh, um, talk to lady? I'll, you can say talk to lady. Talk to woman, because that's what they, yeah. they call her before. Talk to woman. You walk over to the sauces. You clear your throat. Uh, how long has it been? You begin... Hi, hello? She looks at you, then turns with a... Er, er, hi. Hoping you will go away. So hard. Almost like a different species. You continue. Uh, how are you? Again, she is dismissive. Sorry, do I know you? Oh, boy, I started getting now. Uh, no, no, I just wondered. Oh, never mind. You turn and walk back to your trolley. You hear her scurrying onto the next aisle and wait for her to get ahead before you continue. So long since you spoke to a woman, since you spoke to anyone, you push the trolley on. Jeez. So, this guy's kind of depressing. But it's, it's interesting, I think... Okay, I'm, this is my artsy stuff coming because you did one <laughs> thing and suddenly you have this idea of who this guy is. Yeah, but let's do another one. Okay, okay. this is the end of the story, the end of a, a story, not the only story. So okay. you press enter, and it starts off with the whole setup of the supermarket again. Okay, so same I setup. I haven't talked to the lady at all yet. Nothing's happened. You can do one thing. Okay, uh, I will go north. Nope, Ganashi is not on the list. You push a trolley forwards, move it around the brunette, and continue your shop. <laughs> that's the end of that story. That's the end of the story. That was the easy one. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's try something else. Um, steel sauce. This is what you do in a video game. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you do, try stuff. You'd be evil. 
No, you don't want to steal anything. <laughs> so that was not a move, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, Why not? Um, I like that they try, at least have that. Do we there. have sauce here? Um, try try steal pasta. Okay. Steal pasta. No, he doesn't want to steal anything. Okay. You say um, take pasta. Maybe, or pick sauce. Sorry, take. Take kind of a take, common word. Okay. Take sauce. You run over to the sauces. You'll need some sauce. Something a little spicy. There's a little jar of Arabiata that'll do nicely. The woman moves to the side as you reach past her and grab a couple of jars. Thanks. <laughs> you mutter. She smiles. You walk back to your trolley, stand in the middle of the aisle, grab a bag of spaghetti, and move on to the next aisle. Wow, that was exciting. Oh, wow, Tim. Good job. Okay. okay. Let's see, what else do we have here? And you can always do like things like examine me or I for inventory to see what you're carrying. Um, what if I had just hit think? You'll have to say what you think about. Okay. Um, think... Dirty thoughts. <laughs> I don't. You I think I go think about something. Like you can think about sauces okay. or ganache or <laughs> pasta. There's nothing specific. Okay, <laughs> I'm striking out here. Um, think about Rome. See, think about Rome. You pick up the ganache and stare at the illustrations of Piazza Venezia. I'm butchering my Italian. On the packet, you remember sun, heat, food, pasta, sauces, wine, love, ancient, modern, Italians, Americans, love, and ultimately pain. A pain you had thought you had forgotten, but like a cancer returning to wreak havoc again, the pain resurfaces and tears through the thin barriers you had erected. Tears flow, memories, guilt, and finally acceptance. You live with it. Jeez. <laughs> this guy's got issues. <laughs> Holy cow. Man, grocery shopping can ne has never been so intense. No, no kidding. I'm just going to go south this time. Okay, go south. Oh, that's like the same. No, uh, no, it's not quite the okay, same text. So no ganache. Yeah, not okay. Um, What else can Go east. Do? Try going east. I think I'm just going to go straight into an aisle. Yeah, the okay. shelves are in the okay, way. Okay, climb the shelves. Okay. Why not? You stare at ganache. <laughs> Remember the Trevi Fountain in Rome, how you and Claire sat and bathed your feet in it on the first day, and how you would continually lose yourselves trying to find some other monument, only to turn a corner and be back at the fountain again. You remember the day after Claire had gone, and you returned to the fountain. Drunk, you climbed the fountain and screamed. The police pulled you down and sobered you up. Grabbing on the shelves, you hit yourself up, <laughs> setting off a mini avalanche of pasta. Upon reaching the top of the shelves, you can see the whole store. People stare at you. They think it's you that is mad. Another story done. You missed the word there. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, there's, there's some language, apparently. <laughs> okay, then. So climbing the shelves is, yeah. Let's say, remember Claire. Ooh, it remembers. Claire, you start at Ganache and it opens up to you. Years ago, a holiday in Rome, a romantic holiday. Two lovers, young, yourself and Claire. Culture, food, sun. Then something happened and Claire was gone. You thought it would be best not to remember, but perhaps remembering is good. You forget about shopping and go home to think. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like deep reading because you're like, who's it? what happened to Claire? I know, and you only have one move. <laughs> How do I figure that out? Um... Huh. Let me see if there's anything earlier on. Place pretty empty. You're in the next aisle. Well, okay. Let's say think Ganache, or however you say that. Yeah. You do this one? Yeah, sure. I haven't had a chance to read in a while. You focus on the Ganache, and, and whilst the little flowery balls remain the same, everything else changes. There is a flush of noise in your ears, the cold air pushed away by the warmth from tabletop candles. A friendly waiter approaches. Ganache for two? His English is correct, but with a European slant. You nod. 
probably go you volunteer as he lays the plate before you. Isn't that a ca- I, kind of sauce? I, yeah. Claire Prego's too as he presents her plate. He asks if you would like a bottle of wine. Un vino rosé, you reply in half Italian. He scurries away whilst a smaller waiter hurries to you and puts a basket of bread and breadsticks on the table. Prego, he nods as he backs away into the busy restaurant. You take a fork and spear a bud of ganache, dunking it in the sauce. As you draw it up to your mouth, your eyes level with Claire's. You shake your head and are back in the supermarket. Hmm, maybe there was something more important than ganache? But it's gone now. You take a couple of packets and pile them into the trolley. Then with a push of the wrists, you move the trolley onwards. I have a feeling this was written by someone in Britain or something. Well, it has meters and stuff. And, so, and yeah. like a trolley. Who calls a shopping cart a trolley? Know. How about, um, let's say, uh, try a tack trolley. I'm just curious. See what happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tack trolley. Uh, your trolley. You look into the trolley. Meals for one, toiletries for one, everything for one. You kick out at the trolley and push it to the side. Turning on a heel, you head out into the night. <laughs> okay, then. This guy's very depressed. No kidding. Well, now that you said that, we're going to attack woman. <laughs> you run over to her and throw a punch, which knocks her into the shelves. Jars fall away and splatter grainy red sauces across the aisle. You run out, out to the car and drive, drive home. When you park up, you find that you are holding the ganache from the supermarket. What was it about the ganache? You can't remember. I don't think you want to remember. You feel ashamed, stupid, and old. Oh, nice. Yeah, this, this nice. guy is not having a good day, no matter which way you go about okay, it. Okay, you can keep doing this, or we could go to the ridiculous one, too. You want to try that one? A little bit. I actually kind of want to read deeper into okay, this Okay, let's, let's do this. Okay, awesome. Um, I, I just I want to find something else here. Um, let's um, see. Can we... Okay, so the shelves are tearing down something, so we can't... Can we tear... Or blocking our view of something, so can we... Tear down shelf. Right. Um, um, push shelf. Push shelf. Shelves like little prisons, tempting you with their goods. You grab hold of a shelf and pull it off the backboard, shedding its contents across the floor. You tug at the backboard itself, and the whole unit falls down, crashing and spilling. Two security guards come running up the aisle and grab you, pushing your arm into your back. The police come, and it's the usual cycle of re- recrimination, then telling you what is wrong with you. How do they know? They don't know what it was like. You miss another 10 years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we went out of the jail that time. Wow. <laughs> okay. Apparently, we've missed 10 years before. <laughs> Just for pushing wow. down a shelf? That's pretty harsh. <laughs> Man. But we must have had something else. Been in jail before, Can we remember jail, you uh, think? Let's try it. Let's try Remember jail. You look down the aisle and imagine it empty, smaller, and with doors at either end. Remember the institution? They taught you to think differently. They told you that you had forgotten, but the red smile still haunts you. What they really made you forget was the guilt. That was what hurt the most. She made you feel guilty in her life and her death, but you forgot that. You'll never forget the smile, the smiles you gave her, bloody lips all over her body. Ugh. <laughs> oh, man. But that doesn't bother you much. On with the shopping. <laughs> That's one of the darker turns we've taken. Wow. <laughs> Is there any, like, Positive spins in this poor guy. Um, remember happiness? No, <laughs> <laughs> try it. You can't remember that. Well, oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, sing. How about we sing? <laughs> okay. That's, that's a common thing you'd say. 
Oh, sing a sad song. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you start off singing softly to yourself. What must appear to be but a mumble to the other shoppers. Then you slowly get louder and louder until everyone in the shop is glancing nervously at you. It seems the more you sing, the more uncomfortable everyone gets. You stop, chuckle, then continue with your shopping. The aisles seem more empty somehow. Wow. Okay. Um, and guys, just so you know, deep breathing does not mean get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try just one more thing no, here, real and quick. And the thing is, I think there's a lot of responses you can get out of this. You know, for a long time. That's quite impressive. Remember love. Okay. Remember love. You don't even know what the word means anymore. You need to find love again before you can remember it. Right now, all there is is dull pain. Ganache rubbing it in. <laughs> I mean, there is some dark humor to this thing too. How about um, do um, Wait. ask a woman for a date. Okay. <laughs> for date. In a few years' time, at your engagement party, she will describe your action today as mad, impulsive, and so you. However, that's not necessarily accurate. You haven't been impulsive for a long time, not since the breakup with Claire in the Rome business. Well, it's about time you start being yourself again, and the perfect way to start, you walk up to the brunette. Do you fancy going for a drink after this? Well, there's a happy there ending. Go. We've actually found one. That's actually, it's impressive that was in there. Yeah, that is impressive. I thought of something else, but I know it won't have a happy ending as that. So we'll just... Oh, you're going to stop with a happy ending? I think we should stop with a happy ending. Well, then you too can play this. um, If you go to um, Uh, the Interactive Fiction Database and look up Isle. Yeah. And click Play Online. We'll have a link for this in our show notes. So I think that would be a good idea. Do we have a little bit of time? Yeah, we have a little bit of time. Go go right here. We're going to try Pick Up the Phone Booth and Isle. It's a mo- it, it's it's a spoof of pick up the phone booth and die and aisle two different games, okay. but it's basically one turn game that's absurd. Okay, so we'll do something a little different this time. All right, you're standing in the middle of a pretty town square in the center of a nondescript New England town. Like most other nondescript New England towns, there is nothing much to see or do here, but maybe you'll find something amusing and enjoyable to do. A shiny metal phone booth sits in the center of the square. Okay, so once again, I only have one move. You have one move, yep. But this is a silly version. Okay, a steel phone (laughs) booth. I don't know why I'm all about the ceiling. Take, sorry, take. Oh, take. Do you really think this is going to work out differently than in this game? You die, okay? She's. <laughs> <laughs> I die just by taking it? Okay. Let's, oh, you got to click restart. This one's not done as well. Uh, you got to type restart. Yeah. Well, that's, that's silly. Okay, let's see. This is what happens if you're singing this one? So I don't. You take a deep breath and give freedom to the music within you. People are always saying they don't like the sound of it, but you know how great it is. And it's clear the booth feels it too, the way it warbles back and forth <laughs> responsively, resonating to your every note. The telephone within record, re-echoing the chime and providing the scintillating backbeat of a busy signal until that final crescendo when all the glass blows out of the doors. The power of your lungs is undisputed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. That, that, okay. That, that was fun. Wow. They actually give you less to start with here in, than in the other one. They do. Try going away. I think it's funny that there's a phone booth in the, apparently in the center of the town square. Yeah. Not, not like a fountain. There's a phone booth in the middle of it. Um, Look for Superman. You can't see any such thing. The management regrets to inform you that the ending normally scheduled here, oh my goodness, you've gone blind, was deemed too much trouble and expunged at the author's expense. We apologize for the inconvenience and I hope this does not detract in any way from your enjoyment of this fine product. If you have any questions or comments regarding this product, please call our toll-free consumer response hotline at one eight seven seven pants for you. Thank you and have a nice day. This has been a recording. All right, then. Well, we knew that. No, we're, the game's not over, though. That wasn't a... That wasn't an ending. Oh, that it was wasn't just a, a, because you that was just an it. error message. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then.
Um, examine, well, go examine me. Examine me. You are so narcissistic. Well, I have a got a shot for you, a shock for you. Um, love bites on your mirror, boy. <laughs> While you're standing there admiring your also buff pecs and whatever else you've spent thousands of gym fees on, a mugger sneaks up on behind you. And guess what? He's got a gun. And all those fancy high-toned shiny oiled muscles don't do a thing against a 38 uh, bullet as it rips through your chest. So, nyah, you have died. I think, I think it's pronounced so, nyah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> well then. Okay. okay. <laughs> don't look at yourself. Okay. Um, I'm going to dance. All right. You look down, cross swords, soft shoes. The sweet, skirling music of the Highlands reaches your ears <laughs> from some unknown source. Almost you can hear the booth say, dance for me, my Cal- Caledonian beauty. Dance, dance. You dance. Afterwards, you pick up a sword to think murderous thoughts. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we turned Scottish there. <laughs> Again, I told you this was an absurd one. It's yeah. not trying to be serious in any sense. No, it's completely ridiculous. How about we remember Rome? You think they'll have... <laughs> remember Rome. Okay. Nope. Remember, remember Ganache. <laughs> okay, no. Um, call police. You reach into the phone booth and pick up the receiver. Rapidly you dial 911, and two minutes later, the booth is surrounded by police cars and fire engines. Hi, Hi guys! <laughs> you exclaim with a chipper grin. Where's the fire? Asks the fireman. Yeah, and the old guy with a heart attack. Demands one of the paramedics. We got a report of two orphans being sold drugs. <laughs> Says the policeman. You shrug gamely. They, um, all left. The air of excitement fizzles and no one seems to want to stick around for beer. You've cried, Wolf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. So this one's not exactly deep. No, this one's just to, to, to wash off the, the deep, murderous, sad... Sad depression of the previous of, one. So anyways, yes, Iowa is a very interesting game, and there's a lot of stuff that yeah. you could still do. This is an interesting database. The nice thing about Isle was that it's very simple. You just do one thing, yeah. and you just kind of There's a lot repeating. more complicated ones. Yeah, about ex- ways to explore yeah. and, and stuff like that. But so. that was very entertaining. All right, so um, please go and don't think suicidal assault thoughts about Rome. <laughs> Next time you're in the grocery store buying pasta. Yes, exactly. I think I should stand in the store in grocery store and have someone tell me to do one thing I do and then reset. It'd be like a living art project. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. that's the new that's the next flash mob or you know one of the, <laughs> one of the next internet trends. <laughs> like this is the next mannequin challenge or Nice, exactly. Have you have you seen any of those? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. The Sesame Street one is is pretty cool. I've not cool. seen the Sesame Street one. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to have to show that one to you nice. afterwards. That that's pretty fun. All right then. Well, is that the end of our day here then? Sure, it's it's a little shorter episode. We had some longer ones. We have had some longer ones, so it might be nice to do a little quickie. Um, and you've got a nice little soundtrack coming. I do have a nice soundtrack. So, um, before the soundtrack, though, we should probably do our contact info. Sounds good. If you want to listen to our podcast, there are a number of places you can do that. Of course, uh, check out iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube. I keep saying I'm going to update that, and I will. <laughs> and derailtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. Yeah. The iTunes feed itself, some of you may have noticed, we've been having issues with. We're, yeah, we're not sure why. We think we need to. Yeah, got issue. We, we we're exploring some options. It's everything's set up correctly, but I think the server just can't handle. Yeah, we we have yeah so much data. Seventy one episodes. And it's not set up for audio hosting. Probably not. So we're 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 looking into it. If we haven't already by the time this comes out. Yeah. Anything else? Do you have any upcoming events that you sh- you want to tell people about? 
upcoming. No, I had a book signing last week at the Allen Connolly Public Library. That's I right. sold like six books. It was awesome. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Which ones? Some Squires, some Another Worlds, some one of my short story collect new short story collections. That's right. You have a new short oh, story. What? We I haven't, haven't said that, that here. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So um, th- we're we're project a quick, update. A quick project update in the middle of our contact info, but we'll keep this quick. <laughs> So I put together a lot of my uh, short stories that kind of have a running theme of kind of people looking for things. Mm. And it's called Behind the Curtain. It's got a cool cover. It does have a cool cover. You can find it on Amazon. I think it's mainly on Amazon. I'm not sure it's other places yet. But ebook and print. Yeah, come. I would love for you to download it, leave a review. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, we've had Behind the Curtains on there, which is a good short story. Mm-hmm. House of the Living, which is in Nathan's Destroyer. Um, the Clock Tower, which is one of my favorites. Uh-huh. A lot of good stuff. And you've had a birthday recently, so if people want to give you a birthday present, nothing better you can do for a writer than buying their book and leaving them a review. That's true. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Incidentally, my birthday was a few days ago. So yeah. if you'd like to read Jason, uh, the, yeah. J- the Jason collection, uh, that is also available on Amazon. Um, have <laughs> I mentioned on here that Sorsum is getting published? I don't think so. Is it all set? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Sorsum, I've been editing it. I mean, like the editor has been getting back to me and I've oh, been cool. in process. Awesome. So Sorsum is this barbarian story that was part of our Pulp Fiction contest we've done. We've talked about other times. Um, Nathan, Marshan, Aaron Brosman, and I wrote. But anyways, Marketing Press is publishing it. Cool. I'm in process of, they've been, they've sent me about five chapters so far that I've Wow, how long, how long is that? It's only about 30,000 words. It's pretty short. Okay. I was going to say, is that normal? Do they normally do short things like they, that? They actually will take things as low as like 25. Oh, okay. So I thought, why why not? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not quite a novel at that point. It's almost, it's like a long novella. Yeah. Or novelette or whatever they want to call things, you know. Is that a thing, a novelette? It is. I didn't know that. But okay. I don't know what it requires, except that you need like a nice bow and girly clothes i don't know i don't i don't like smurfette <laughs> oh my okay back to normal okay contact info we've already finished so basically all right so should i go ahead and introduce my uh, soundtrack here yeah go for it okay it is called into the deep it is a remix of submarine attack which i guess was for the sega genesis i think yeah. no one knows about it um but the song is great and this is remixed by destiny and zyko it is kind of awesome so i hope you enjoy yes I really want to go look at some of these books here. So yeah, in a place like this, you're you're bound to find some book that's just going to spirit you away to a, a whole new place of imagination. I, I hope so. I mean, so. that's I might be stuck here for quite a while. Yeah, as long as they got some good music, I'll I'll be fine with that. Sounds good. All right. So thanks for listening to Derailed Trains of Thought, everyone. This has been Tim. This has been Nick. Bye. Adios.
All right, Tim, try one more. Okay. Let's call Claire. Okay. You lean around the end of the aisle. Claire? Again, louder. Claire? She walks into the aisle. Yeah? You take her hand and walk along to the ganache. Look, ganache, like in Rome. I've never seen it in the shops before. She picks up a packet and drops it into the trolley. Get some for tea, then? She offers, pecking you on the lips. You have some for tea, and it's like Rome, except it's colder, and you have work tomorrow, and you're even more in love than you were then. Oh, we found a nice ending. Why didn't we end with that last time? <laughs> okay, that's good. Awesome. Claire's alive. At least, <laughs> at least in this version. <laughs>